going live and we are live so hopefully everything works i'll be able to tell in one second <laughs> we still have a couple minutes to go but is everything looking good on your end i can hear you loud and clearly <laughs> and right. i can see yeah oh uh, let me chat you. the let me just mute this sucker and uh yeah we're good looks looks good to me Alrighty. Uh, looks good to me all right so we are live with whatever episode this is now um and for this week we have maddie from uh from headphonia one of the writers there and uh, so we're going to be doing uh, a bit of a background on you know who he is what his review process is what headphonia is doing uh, for anybody uh, for anyone unaware headphonia is uh they, they're a very, uh, I guess, long-standing now, <laughs> uh, well-known review site and blog for headphones and audio files and uh, anything to do with headphones. Uh, and uh, actually, for the longest time before I got into doing this stuff as well, I would always, you know, go and check, you know, what whatever the latest articles were from Levin. Uh, we were actually just talking mm. about that before. And uh, so we're going to talk a little bit about, you know, kind of the behind the scenes. And then uh, we're also going to uh, go through uh, a bunch of viewer Q&As. So near the end, you guys leave all your questions and we'll try and get to them. We'll probably uh, get asked a whole bunch of recommendations to compare different headphones and whatnot. So uh, we'll definitely go through that. But in the meantime, uh, let me just turn it over to you, Maddie. Uh, why don't you give a bit of introduction uh, for those of you guys who, uh, for those of the viewers who don't know who you are and uh yeah go ahead and take it away thanks andrew well mate firstly thanks for having me uh yeah and um yeah at the absolute blurst of times it's such a funny time <laughs> to be um um you know talking about anything right now but as you and i were discussing before the stream started we were so ready for this <laughs> <laughs> i think i think anyone with um who's in the personal audio was just like this is my time to shine right now and um and if if you can probably see what's sort of behind me over here i will uh, i i was ready for this as well so um <laughs> well stocked <laughs> yeah and um and also i've got this is potato my cat he um he's my um my co-editor over here and he likes to um he's probably the best system upgrade you can get <laughs> um, so yeah, I'm Maddie. I'm on the review team at headphonia.com. I've been with those guys for um, a little under 12 months. And um, I've been in the personal audio hobby for probably about five years now. I've, um, I've always played music, always played guitar, woodwind, that kind of stuff. Massive music fan. And for some reason, maybe about five years ago, I got... I, um, I happened to listen to a pair of Grado headphones. I'd always just listened to whatever came with my you know iphone or samsung and that kind of stuff and it was just like i've been wasting my life <laughs> <laughs> and um i think i just saw this wooden pair of greater headphones which i still have up on my wall over here the gh1 and um yeah i got the bug and um from there i think it's just like any kind of hobby like you're always looking for a little bit more or something comes in a t different kind of flavor and um it's and you know there's the there's the whole kind of like gotta collect them all kind, right. kind of aspect for it as well and um 
I just think it's real fun just to explore the, the nuances between different things and different sounds and sort of figuring out what you like. And um, I guess along the way, like, because you start to hear a lot of different things, you start to understand, I guess, sort of the nuances between them, have a lot of context. So um, you're sort of well positioned to be able to give people advice on, mm-hmm. uh, on I guess, uh, I guess on the pros and cons of certain things. And, um, you know, who are they best for or who are they not for? So I think, you know, having spent a good five years in this hobby now and, you know, having sold, bought, listened to, reviewed pretty much everything out there, like you start to get a good sense of, I guess, of the comparative sort of differences between different sets of cans, different different gear, different pairings. And, um, and it's just also a lot of fun. I like writing yeah. and uh, I, I like giving advice and I like, I like talking about this stuff too. <laughs> Cool. Yeah, I mean, you touched on something that it made me think of. You know, Grados are often the entry or gateway for a lot of people mm. into this into this hobby. Um, yeah, it's it's funny because I think, especially given the type of tuning that a lot of Grados end up having, for a lot of people, that's the first time they're hearing something that isn't the consumer uh, based kind of stuff, where it's you know massive base shelves mm. that extend you know, mm. way too far into the mids, and then they hear a grade on they go, wow, there's so much clarity and detail, you know, being a little bit more trouble focused, and yeah. that experience is, like, at, at least for for myself in a way, I mean, it wasn't with Grados, but that same kind of idea, it was the gateway into trying to then, as you're saying, f- identify all the small little differences for everything else as well, and I'm, I, I, have to remind myself even now when I review headphones that mm. are more entry level or a little bit less expensive, like the Sundara, which is on the table over there. Uh, yeah. You know, for for us who are into the crazy high end stuff, that that really is like only a, a little bit better, <laughs> you know. And it's noticeable enough where we care, but it's it's yeah. hard to sometimes. Well, it's it's hard, but it's also part of the fun of it is communicating what it is that's that makes it so worthwhile for us that we get excited about definitely Um, definitely and look i a lot of people are just like they want to find the ultimate pair of headphones like they want to go straight to end game like what's going to do absolutely (laughs) everything for me and you know what if i had gone straight to i don't know a pair of stellia like these guys up here straight away i would have missed out on 98 percent of the fun like honestly like i think mid-fi is like really you know underrated like i think there are so many like you can you can get an incredible musical experience for not a lot of outlay and i would honestly say spend a lot more time um trying different things in in sort of you know lower tier lower tier kind of hi-fi before you start sort of worrying about end game and what am i missing out on just 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 chill enjoy hear different things learn about it figure out what you like figure out what you don't like well, that figuring out process is essential as well because it, it is something where you can go down the path for any type of sound, whether it's warmer, brighter, you know, harmon neutral, whatever, and yep. at any different tier. And it's it's nice to have that figured out before you go into Endgame. <laughs> I mean, the, as you're saying, like it, it, a lot of people do like to just jump to Endgame, and it might, maybe that makes more sense financially if you're going to end up there anyways. But yeah. it is still yeah. helpful to have that stuff figured out a little bit before you end up going there. So at least you know that what, when you are getting towards that, yeah. you know, Focal Stelia or whatever ends up being that yeah. it's the right trajectory. It's the it's going down the right path of the yeah, type totally. of sound you want. It's also very relieving to find out what you don't like 
um, <laughs> yeah. fairly, fairly early on. Um, yeah. Like, for example, I'm not an enormous fan of the full-size LCD autosies. Um, I can certainly appreciate their technicalities, right. uh, what they're good at. I think it's important, you know, as a reviewer to be able to sort of, you know, understand those nuances, um, give advice in terms of what they're good at, give it, you know, give advice to people who they might be, you know, useful for. But, um, you know, in terms of my personal flavor, if I'm just chilling out, kicking back, listening to tunes, they're too dark for me. Like, Interesting. I don't. Yeah. Interesting. Have you tried some um, of the, like the LCD four and like the crazy high end, high end ones? Two, three, four, four Z, everything. Um, I owned, I owned a pair of LCD X for, for a while, like given that they were probably the most neutral tuned of them all. And, um, this might be slightly controversial, but the, <laughs> the Mobius, they're actually my favorite tuning on an Odyssey headphone. I, you're not the first person to have said that actually. <laughs> I know. I know. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, I, I just think they're actually genuinely very great package. The, yeah, uh, I'm still to re- review that one at some point. I think that's going to be in the near future. But uh, everybody seems to say it's it's uh, one of the better ones out there. Yeah, um, yeah. and look, I, I think that were probably the, the the most interesting thing that happened in, uh, I guess, kind of you know, high end personal audio for a long, long time. I remember seeing the Kickstarter and I jumped in on the ground floor of that sucker because I was like, this seems like a genuinely great proposition. Not because I'm like a, a huge gamer or anything, but just like right. the, tech, the tech proposition and sort of the, um, you know, the ability to, you know, uh, change the, the firmware and the, and the, and the tuning. And it's, it's really interesting. Uh, now you got the, I mean, right now we got the Hi-Fi Mendeva coming out, which is another wireless mm. planar. And it seems yep. like wireless planars are becoming more and more common, even in the last like, you know, year. Uh, Cause now there's, and yep. there's the drop, drop Panda as well um is wireless something that you that you value like is that something that you that that idea of of, i mean maybe maybe not going outside and running around you know with headphones on but like at home um especially in isolation days (laughs) is wireless something that that really you see the benefit i look i certainly do look i'm a bit of a purist um (laughs) if i if i'm going to be taking the time to sit down and sort of listen deliberately um you know wired all the way i probably the same reason why i still change the gears in my car and while i you know <laughs> bother with the expense and inconvenience of vinyl as well like i i think there's something to be said for the you know ceremony the purity of you know listening that kind of way but look having said that um so, sorry were you drawn to vinyl uh, because of the expense and inconvenience <laughs> oh yeah totally. yeah fuck money right um uh no, look, i i think probably just because I just love kind of like the the you know the nuances the 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 ceremony the the the, the album artwork um, right like and you know if you're going to the trouble of playing an album start to finish I listen to out al- pretty much only to albums only I don't really do sort of playlists that kind of thing you're going to listen to them a um, yeah I'm with you know, you. with a with a with a lot more kind of detail but just I, to go I, back, I liked yeah go ahead yeah yeah I was gonna say just to go back to your question around wireless um we're almost there at the point where you're not really losing much by way of fidelity i mean using the sony ldac kodak where you know within a bee's dick of you know Mm -hmm. completely lossless and you know if i'm going to be listening not 100 percent critically but just for enjoyment like that's you know it's almost apples and apples so 
yes, I think wireless are becoming, you know, completely an unattainable proposition in terms of, you know, highly faithful listening. And I've got to say, like, if I'm cooking in the kitchen, which I'm doing a lot of at the moment, as you could probably imagine, um, Mm -hmm. uh, they're just really great to have just, you know, listening while I'm um, sort of, you know, running between the fridge and the cupboard and trying to keep a couple of cats off the, uh, off the bench and that's that sort of thing. So yeah, wireless is great. I had the, I had a, um, a pair of the pre-production Panda models in a couple of months back and that were genuinely really impressive. Interestingly, in wired mode as well, I thought they right. were just a great pair of wired um, all-rounder closed-back headphones. <laughs> yeah. Um, you said something earlier about listening deliberately. Yeah. Um, I love that distinction because, you know, it's it, it is something where I mean, as a reviewer, like you're not necessarily you know listening to music to enjoy it as much as you're listening to music for the nuances of the headphone that you're trying to isolate but when you when you are sitting down to listen to music just because and have that listening deliberately for the music not deliberately for the headphones um i still think that that is a a distinctly different process especially when you do have the whole sit down have an album in front of you and listen to the whole album kind of you know uh the opportunity for that kind of session as opposed to uh, again you were saying with the playlist thing and it's just on in the background and you're not actually even appreciating the the details of and the technicalities the equipment that you know makes us audiophiles (laughs) uh yeah Um, it's it's all about music at the end of the day right Um, yeah i I certainly don't enjoy listening to sign sweeps (laughs) i I made that um... joke the other day (laughs) yeah they have their time they have their place yes um but you know the first thing i'll do when i get a pair of cans in the house is that i'll just throw them on my head and i will listening i'll just i'll just listen to music for two weeks straight i won't (laughs) i won't write notes down i won't start you know comparing changing between amps in like a real hurry i won't you know put them side by side with something else and get out my ab switcher i would just sit down and i would just like what's it like to listen to the music that i love with them and i think that's right. really really important because at the end of the day that's what people are going to use them for and for me yes i do like to go through the different kind of technical aspects of a pair of headphones and like their build and their comfort and so forth but total product experience for me is um i think you know something that's you know very hard to kind of sum up in like a a score out of 10 or um you know to you know talk about in any kind of quantifiable way but what's it like to what are they like to live with what's it like Mm -hmm. to enjoy the kind of music you like to listen to and i think the most important kpi of a headphone uh is does it make me want to listen to just get them out of the box or take them off the wall and listen to music all the time yeah um and yeah that's i think that's you know that's the most important thing does it make you just want to sit down and just like dig out your your music that's there in your collection and discover new stuff as well that's the the other like main benefit to comfortable headphones or lighter headphones over heavier ones or yeah. even just nice looking headphones <laughs> do, <laughs> do you do, sit 
totally. you sit down with the uh, the RAL requisite, the SR1A, mm. and you go, mm. now I'm going to have to figure out how to do this <laughs> or something oh, like that, right? <laughs> totally. Like, like I, I think one of the one of the greatest things a pair of their folks can do is disappear on your head. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Do you forget that you're wearing them? Do they just like completely just sort of make you disappear into music? And um, <laughs> there's this one pair of headphones that I keep coming back to time and time again. And um, I made a bold call a couple of days ago talking to my friend Matt, who's... Um, uh, he's one of the mods at r slash headphones and he's a review at Serionet. Um, just the HD 600 by, by, uh, by Sennheiser. Yeah. Um, I can just throw them on and I'll just disappear into, into an album immediately. Nothing will jump out. I won't be sort of, you know, reminded of any particular, you know, frequency response. Voices sound like voices. Instruments sound like instruments. Um, yeah. 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 And, that- you know, they're comfortable. Yeah, well, so that's that. In my opinion, is the best of the six whatever series, it's the HD six hundred. Mm. Uh, just for my personal taste, but I mm. I do know what you mean, and I find that even with like my go to headphones right now, the ZMF Verite, yeah. even with the Verite, I find I I there are definitely times when I go, I know I want to have a different headphone for this type of music that I'm listening to, or I'm in a mood for a different headphone. Yeah. Um, so I I can. If it's if it's not something that you know is working with the music that I want at that moment because of whatever maybe you know I was listening to something else during the course of the day and I wanted something, uh, especially you know, as as a reviewer, <laughs> uh, getting something that gets you back to normal so that you're now enjoying the music again is uh, yeah super important. Um, I wanted to uh, ask you sorry windows open I'm just gonna close this. <laughs> okay. glad I didn't fall over there that would have been embarrassing um <laughs> so I wanted to ask you about your setup in the back um with all yep. of the yeah I mean why don't you just take us through all, all of what's there <laughs> yeah sure thing um so the the hangar itself so these are the it's called the SCADIS S-K-A-D-I-S something like that from Ikea they're just um multi-purpose you know things that you see on like the the wall in like a, a garage where people hang yeah. tools and that kind of thing i um just had this hairbrand idea that i could sort of build some kind of like headphone stacking situation and sure enough it worked out pretty well yeah and um that's kind it's of really cool. I, yeah look i and as i was saying before like you're not if you, if you can't if your headphones aren't within arm's reach, you're not going to listen to your music. So this is mm-hmm. all about just sort of, you know, me being able to like grab them, chuck them on, enjoy music from the get go. So that's the Scardius. So top left, we've got um, the Bayer Dynamic T- T1s, Gen 1. So the OG version mm-hmm. with uh, with the wired connectors. Back when the, they were the only alternative to the HD800. HD800, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I remember and, that. Um, I love the HD 800 as well. Um, talking about that comfort thing, I just find they're just a, just too big and floaty for me. Um, like if I was to lean yeah. back in my chair, they just, you know, they'll take you out of the zone because they will want to fall off your head. The T1s are just like a velvet glove. They're, right. they're comfortable, they're airy, they're spacious. Um, they just, you know, do detail like nothing else. Um, I find they're pretty gentle as well. I, I'm, I'm not treble sensitive, so they're just a great Goldilocks pair of, of headphones for me. Um, immediately below those, so that's the ZMF Icon. I got 
those probably about 18 months ago. I heard I heard them and the what's their dynamic brother? The um, starts with A. It'll come. Oh, to the, me. the open one, the auteur. Uh, Atticus, Atticus. Oh, the Atticus. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I had the chance to listen to them back to back at a at a meet when you could meet people in real life. Um, <laughs> I remember those days. Yeah, about 18 months ago, I um, had a good chance to, you know, back-to-back sort of list, go through the pros and cons. And the icon for me at the time was my absolute Goldilocks headphones that just happened to be closed back. Um, so I got this pair directly from ZMF. They're made out of a oxidized cherry wood. Um yeah. What's it like getting uh, ZMF headphones to Australia? Um, just for anybody who wasn't aware, he's uh, he's in Australia. <laughs> G'day, uh, mate. Not, not 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 too much trouble, to be honest. I yeah. think anyone who's um, had the the pleasure of dealing directly with, um, with with Zach from ZMF will certainly know that customer service there is absolutely a one. Yeah. And um, yeah, it was it was great. I mean, obviously they're handmade. It's a it's you know you're working with a you know, an artisan craftsman who, um, you know, doesn't just have them sort of sitting there just chugging off a, off an assembly line. So you've got to wait for them. You've got to put in your order. Uh, you keep your, he keeps your expectations managed around how they're going. I think at the time I ordered them sort of, you know, November or December, and he was telling me that I was going to get them sometime in late January, um, which I was pretty bummed about because that's our summer holiday break here in Australia. Right. And I think they arrived two days like just before we our work broke up for christmas and that was just the nicest surprise to see this like <laughs> enormous package with a pelican yeah. cage just yeah yeah there. I'm like, That's good work. it was really cool it was really yeah. cool yeah um over to the right so in the middle on the top there are the greater ps 500e so that's the smallest member of the i think they called it professional series so they're made out of both aluminium and they've got a mahogany core on the inside and i've got a and they are rocking a pair of leather pads from a small new zealand outfit called beautifulaudio.biz so they're made out of leather and sheepskin Mm. and they are just the most incredible comfort upgrade for them cool yeah that's really really cool um i find with grados the l kush is like the the smaller one um they're just they hurt my ears after listening all day the g kush the the big salad bowl pads um they change the sound Uh, not necessarily for the better but they do change the sound um these um beautiful audio pads they do come with in a larger version now they're just in in like 100 percent comfort upgrade they look sick and um they sound great too uh, next order of those is, um, speaking of Grado Salad Bowls, is the Grado White Headphone. So that was the limited release version that they brought out last year, which was inspired by the Beatles' White Album. Right. Um, I put out a, uh, a review article going back a couple of months now on Headphonia. So if anyone's interested in kind of some comprehensive thoughts, I left them up there. Um, NetNet, they are... For the collector, for the Grado collector, I think if you're in the market for a pair of Grados, that would be an interesting, but maybe not an ideal first place to start. Um, they were a little more treble-oriented than other Grados that I've tried, but you know, if you're a Beatles head or if you're a Grado head, 
um, you know, there's certainly an interesting one to add to the collection. Uh, top right over here, Metze 99 Classics. I remember yeah. seeing, I remember when they first came out, and I don't think they make this um, silver and maple model anymore. I just thought they were one of the most interesting looking pair of headphones. Um, reviews were sort of coming out when they were first released that, hey, these things actually sound good and not just for a good looking pair of headphones, but they actually sound good. For were they, small... uh, which, which pads are on those? Is it like the new, the latest pads or when did you get the... Uh, so they, uh, mine came with the OG pads. So right. um, the very, very first release, which have a slightly sort of larger sort of opening for your, for your ear hole, for your ears. Right. And so that was um, the most balanced sound as well, if I remember that's, correctly. That, that's right. Yeah. I heard some of the, um, the, the the noir versions that came out a little later with the different pads and they did change the sound and not for the better in my opinion yeah, yeah. i saw on the headphone subreddit a couple of weeks ago some dude found a pair of like this just random um set of set of pads from i don't know amazon or ebay or something and i and they just look like a like a genuine comfort upgrade um you know what they have completely changed this pair of headphones and really probably probably for the better for me um they're kind of like a, a hybrid kind of like synthetic velour cool and they're now sort of this they're, they're definitely semi-open now um but that sort of that boomy base has disappeared um they're feeling a lot more kind of airy and spacious probably a more balanced sound i think people who kind of like them for that sort of thick you know I won't say muddy, but that, that sort of that thick, punchy kind of warm dynamic sound might not like it. I uh, I'm more inclined to listen to them now with these pads on. It's it. it's funny the the uh, I wrote an article a while ago about you know headphones for work and the uh, like not necessarily home office but just work in general, which included both home office and at the office. And yeah. the 99 Classic were on that list for me, uh, yeah. Just because I couldn't actually think of anything that would be. Uh, at around that price range for a closed back headphone that actually sounded really good and didn't look crazy, yeah. right? There's a lot of close, there's a lot of headphones that look pretty crazy and you wouldn't want to go to the office with them. But I remember I got a lot of I got a lot of yeah. crap for that for saying that the 99 Classics were actually good. <laughs> but I think it's a lot of people haven't heard it with the the original pads and they think people are used to or there there's an expectation that it would be this sort of boomier, larger bass kind of thing that happens with the noir. Um, yeah. But you know, if you do pad swap with them, there's a lot of potential there. So definitely cool and look, i'm trying to find these pads so i can leave leave a link to yeah them, yeah but, um if you find them i can just leave them in the description afterwards <laughs> yeah cool. it, it, it's uh it's made them a lot more viable in my opinion right. not necessarily for portable because it's it's you know the yeah, isolation yeah, yeah. has gone from a i don't know seven out of ten to like a four out of ten but yeah. um inter interesting all the same uh downstairs from those guys um sennheiser 650 hd650 um you know probably the most you know, venerable and respected audiophile headphone of all time. Um, um, I actually have my pair autographed by Axel Grell. <laughs> <laughs> That's the thing to do these days. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, I had, I had, I had the uh, the pleasure of meeting him in um, at Sennheiser's HQ in near Hanover in Germany uh, three years ago now, and uh, spent a couple of days just you know talking with uh with his team touring the factory that kind of stuff cool and um he's a real good dude he's one of the yeah. nicest he was an absolute gentleman and just a font of knowledge as as you can imagine having you know <laughs> i mean his his hits include the the 580 the 600 the 650 yeah. the the 800 
the 800s etc I spoke to him at uh, CanJam for about 15 mm. minutes, but my camera stopped recording because the, ba- the battery died like halfway through, so I couldn't actually uh, use the interview. <laughs> but he damn. was, uh, I mean, he's obviously, he's no, he's no longer with uh, Sennheiser. I think he's mm-hmm. now just he's consulting on, yeah. But, yeah. Uh, you know, he seemed like a very enthusiastic guy about uh, all he of was. this stuff. So. And um, I remember, <laughs> like, he was just telling me that he learned, he, he, he learned English from listening to Frank Zappa. <laughs> It's yeah. amazing. Yeah, and I think I think I actually got into Frank Zappa after that conversation. Frank <laughs> Zappa is really well produced music and sounds sick on headphones. Awesome. I'll have to yeah. check that out. <laughs> it's really good. It's really good. Actually yeah. one of my one of my test go through test tracks is um is Frank Zappa itself, his album Apostrophe. That's a really like that's probably the mm. that's probably a good okay. starting place, that album. Yeah. Um what else do we have? Um Speaking of meeting the the inventor, um, Dan Clark Audio, uh, formerly mm-hmm. known as Mr. Speakers, the mm-hmm. Aeon Opens. I was in San Diego, started original last year. Aeon Opens, right? Yeah, yeah, the yeah. Uh, the the original version. And um, I dropped by the um, Mr. Speakers uh, HQ uh, there in San Diego and um, met his team um, and Dan himself, stand up guy, and. Um, I just really fell in love with just like this very easy to like sound that the Aeon opens or Aeon opens have. Yeah, yeah um, definitely. Look, they're just warm. They just like you know, you can just you can just kick back and just like dig any type of genre genre of those. You can change the sound signature with uh, the uh, with the inserts. I actually probably prefer them without any inserts because. I like it a little spicier up top on the most <laughs> uh, on they, the most part. They yeah. do have a little bit of eight k hertz, uh, yeah, mm. a little zing. <laughs> I'm, I'm I'm okay with that. I don't know. Yeah, maybe yeah. I maybe I um, trash my hearing and standing in front of guitar for uh, years, but um, I, I'm, I, I'm really okay with that. I, I can I can understand I can understand it with that one specifically as well because I, in some ways it complements the kind of warmer nature of the rest of the frequency response a little bit. Mm, mm. So it's nice to have a little bit of that up there as well. Um, yeah. But yeah. So sorry. Um, so that's the uh, the opens. Next sort of those in the in the bottom middle is the HD six hundred, um, which I think probably get more head time than anything else at the moment. I um you, you can't really see my my desktop setup which is here in front of me, but um I've got um bottlehead crack and speedball which I've built. I've got a Hageman audio tuba speed amp as well. And I've got my reference solid state amp here, which is the uh, the Questile CMA 600i, and um, I run it. I run the the 600s balanced off the, right. the Questile for the most part. Cool. And then to round it out, I've got Great Jig H1s sitting here on my Omega stands, which are currently rocking the G Quish pads, uh, a um, a headband upgrade from Turbulent Labs, which is just look sick is mega comfortable um i've got a review pair here on the um on the on the metal pipe stand which is the new audio technica i'm gonna get this wrong ath hyphen a w k t those um, are the, which, the the really nice looking ones that showed up on reddit recently the real looking nice ones on reddit yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, think I, I think i dropped a post on those last week um, oh that was you okay <laughs> yeah yeah hang on i might just see if i can uh I can't reach them without sort of <laughs> un- unplugging and fucking this up somehow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah made out of um, a rare striped ebony wood. Um, they look sick. Look, they're one of the headphones that aren't my jam, 
I can really appreciate what they're good at and their technicalities. And I think it's important when reviewing to talk through what they're really good at, um, you know, uh, talk about what they're not good at, um, why they're not necessarily for me, but mm -hmm. if they, they, but they might be for you. But I think like anything else, always got to listen to them yourself. I think reviews can be helpful context to help sort of, you know, steer you towards an informed decision. But at the end of the day, your ears know best, your head knows best in terms of the way it's shaped and the way that comfort might work. Mm -hmm. So um, I think reviews are important because, you know, they give you context. And I think reviewers right. have context because they've listened to a bunch of stuff so they can help sort of compare things in relation to one another. Um, but yeah, look, they, they were really great at classical music, really great at sort of instrumental and sort of jazz and that kind of thing. Um, kind of a bit lean, a little dry sounding, not great for EDM, hip hop, if that's your jam. <laughs> but um, yeah, it's just it was... like wonderful craftsmanship though. Yeah, I, I was uh, just recently having a bit of a, a dispute there with uh, Sean Olive on Twitter about, mm. you know, whether or not it makes sense to have uh, different headphones for different genres or like, you know, should different should headphones strive for you know one perfect type of sound or should there be you know a oh we want this one for classical or we want this one for you know edm or you know whatever yeah. that kind of thing yeah. what's your take on that kind of stuff um i think they yeah you know what like you could drive a toyota corolla all day every day right because yeah. it's going to uh not break down get you there and you know keep you safe in a crash blah 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 blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. um I appreciate different takes on, you know, the way to, you know, bring music to life. It's mm -hmm. never going to be flat. It's never going to be like completely sort of true to what went into the mic in the, in the recording booth mm -hmm. and different, you know, different manufacturers have different takes on the house sounds. I like hearing different takes on the house sounds. I like changing things up. I like sort of reminding myself of that, you know, there are different ways to do things. You know, right. Also, you're in di different moods, right? Like at the end of the day, after like you know, you know, sitting through a bunch of meetings and whatnot, I like to kick back. Like I will listen to my, I'll reach for my HD 650s. I'll lean for those Aeon Opens, and I want kind of more of a, a chill out kind of experience. If I want, you know, something that's going to be like super exciting, like maybe it's you know, early in the morning, or um, <laughs> you know, or if I'm sitting down having a beer. Like I'll yeah. I'll reach for the I'll reach for the Grados, or if I just want to absolutely treat myself, Stellias. Like <laughs> they are yeah. just the most decadent sounding headphones. Everything sounds good. Everything sounds big. Everything sounds punchy. It's like this enormous <laughs> kind of W, and yeah, it, it's yeah, like you know that it's not neutral you know that you know it's it, it's like a it's like everything is 11 on them yeah, but yeah. in such a fun way i had that same experience with the old uh, hi-fi man he 500 where mm. I, I i got the feeling like okay this is this is this could be considered neutral but it's like everything is enhanced somehow <laughs> yeah yeah um but i, I wanted to get I'll go, i want to get back to that but um just uh, on the uh, um on what you were just saying there about you know wanting to relax or treat yourself or depending on the mood or whatever mm. it's amazing how much uh the i guess synergy between the music that you're listening to and the equipment that you're listening to and the mood that you're in mm. 
or that combination and how all that stuff works together it's amazing mm. how much of an effect that can have on the enjoyment of that yeah. Um, and, th- and that's one of the reasons why, like, I obviously, you know, planted the flag a little bit firmly there in the debate I was having that, you know, it is, there is a reason to, you know, enjoy one type of headphone for one type of music, maybe not specifically genre dependent, but, but it yeah. could certainly be, you know, recording dependent, album dependent, um, especially because like- we don't all, they don't all <laughs> use the same mastering and they don't all, you know, yeah. uh, not everybody's using the same microphones and there's an, enough variance there. Um, and maybe you want the, your Bob Dylan to sound one way and you want your, uh, well, in this yeah. case, maybe Frank Zappa to sound a different way. Right. So yeah. I think there it's, is room for that. It's also, uh, there's nothing quite so interesting or disappointing as finding out that um, music that you used to love was re- like mastered really sucky. Like, <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, uh, it, it's so disappointing. Yes. <laughs> but actually, there's... So I love doing this, especially lately, I love doing this thing where I'll go through, you know, music that I used to listen to that I don't really listen to anymore, like... I, my, my preferences have changed my tastes have changed but I love going mm. back to a lot of those old ones that I used to listen to when I was younger uh, with you know high end equipment now because <laughs> the mm. stuff that I was listening to back then I didn't have nice headphones I didn't I wouldn't have had nice speakers I would have had whatever is you know the, the default stuff that you have right the consumer stuff yeah. and now when going back and listening to that stuff it's like wow I did not know that this was in this mix and I love that experience of just rediscovering all that stuff. It's great. Totally. <laughs> it is. It really is. Um, um, but yeah, uh, so I guess you have, um, I, you've gone through all the, all the headphones there, but you, you effectively then have a literal wall of fame. <laughs> uh, if, you had to, yeah. if you had to rank them, uh, you know, what would be, <laughs> well, maybe not rank all of them, but like, let's say your top... Your top three of all of your headphones, what would they be? Top three. Well, it's... I have to sort of put myself slightly at arm's length from myself, which is a very (laughs) abstract kind of thing to do because, like, you know, some of them have, um, you know, emotional things attached to them. Um, Some of them, uh, you know, I, you know, have good experiences from, you know, know, meeting the manufacturer or the inventor of them, all those sorts of things. But, okay, let's, uh, let's just say... Um, desert island situation. I have to take three pairs of headphones. I am going to go with the HD 600. I'll go with the Stellia, and um, let's. Oh, God, which which of my children do I leave behind? Um, and um, I'll probably go with the PS 500E with those pads on. That's a nice combination of different, mm. you know, tonalities of frequency response as well. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> kind of spans <Yeah>. the... <laughs> but, um, look, I'm also not afraid of EQ. So that cool. is another way to introduce flavor and nuance to the situation as well. Using, uh, like, equalizer APO? Uh, I will uh, I will sort of do a parametric EQ setting in Rune. Rune, yeah, so, I've been doing yeah. that lately. It's, it's such a like powerful tool like the way that they have it set up it's so useful i like it's i'm yeah. used to using equalizer apo which gives you like a you have more flexibility there but i find it it's it's just so much better in rune um just because you're not gonna you're not gonna screw anything up <laughs> or like it's, no, that's it's right it's um, yeah you have less chance of screwing something up right your your q yeah. values are a little wider mm, <laughs> it's it's, mm. it's really nice I'll, I'll always review un- un-EQ because you know you mm-hmm. need to sort of you know 
work out what it's going to sound like out oh, of the box. Yeah. I guess for the most part, people don't tend to EQ. Uh, I'll, I'll only use sort of EQ if I'm sort of, you know, listening for, you know, myself or, or just out of interest. Um, the interesting thing with Maroon is that sometimes you forget that you have an EQ or, yes. you know, setting or for different headphones to bit, or, or, to, or to a different deck. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, and yeah. actually, Maroon is a really useful tool for um, reviewing DAC. So um, I've got the, the topping E30 here at the moment. And um, I also have the Asgard 3 multi-bit here at the moment. And I think I had both sort of joined to Rune at the same time. I'd set them up as a group. Uh, and then I had the E30 running to the analog yes. in on the Asgard 3. So I was able to just quickly flick the setting switch on the Asgard to change between DACs, which is not as fun or as, um, you know, <laughs> night and day difference as you could imagine. And yeah. look, reviewing DACs is a really hard thing to do. Yes. Um, I tried to do to... some blind testing recently, and it's it's a challenge. <laughs> I did see your blind testing. Yeah. Test. It is a challenge. I've got a Switch now, so hopefully it'll be I've able got, to... I have a Switch as well. Um, yeah. So Rune is helpful for that. I, and eight, I've got like a $10 thing off AliExpress, which is like just the most helpful tool I have in my arsenal for reviewing, which mm -hmm. is just like an ABCD tester. Um, but to listen to DAX, I think you need to spend week, like what's it like in the long term what mm -hmm. is the emotional connection it makes to you with music how, how do what are the some of the differences that you can having spent time with it and living with it what does mm -hmm. it what does that DAC do so yeah. i think DACs do two things one does it is it able to connect to your source into other stuff easily and help you play music and you know in the longer term what are the slight nuances in terms of kind yeah. of the emotional benefit from it? Um, I think you can spend not much money at all and have a perfectly competent DAC and, you know, you know what? Spend your money elsewhere. Yeah. Honestly, um, the rest just comes down to that final 2% and does it plug into everything else the way you need it to? Yeah, I, I tend to... Well, there's a couple of things on DACs for me that I've come to realize after doing this for, you know, now uh, the amount of time that I have. And it's... Yeah. That like within the mid-range for price, there really is not that much difference. It's it, the differences that are there. I don't think outweigh whatever features or other characteristics that you may require. No. As you're saying, like the two pieces, that one piece of does it work with the rest of your stuff that you want, the stuff that you wanted to work yeah. with. That I think is just so much more important uh, in the mid-level stuff. There are yeah. I. I having had a chance now to like try some of the crazy high-end stuff for DAX mm, that's mm. where this stuff starts to go you know like okay those differences are no longer subtle they're now like to the point where pretty much anybody would be able to tell the difference so yeah. especially yeah. at shows and you know, going to shows and trying out all of the crazy stuff that they have there even though they're not you know ideal environments getting a, getting yeah. a sense of of some of that stuff is is pretty interesting uh, but the other thing i wanted to mention with DAX that I've noticed, I noticed as a result of doing the blind testing, was that when I'm actually evaluating the sound for a DAC, um, I, you can uh, try and identify like 10 different, listen, you can listen specifically for 10 different things, or however many, right, different things in a DAC, and uh, it one of those things could be different, right? So whether it's treble, whether it's mids, whether it's detail, whether it's texture, whether it's stage, like all these different things could be a little mm -hmm. bit different. And maybe it's just one of those things that's different. But if you're doing a blind test, you're not necessarily listening specifically for that one thing. 
So you may be able to pick up a difference if you, you know, do longer sessions over a longer period of time where you become intimately familiar with the way that one deck sounds versus the way that another deck sounds because you're, yeah. you'll have the time to be able to actually identify, go down the list of the 10 different things. But in a blind test where everything yeah. is combined, nothing really jumps out at you all that immediately, right? Um, so I almost yeah. feel like that's the reason why the blind testing thing is over... I don't want to say overhyped, but you know what I mean? It's overvalued a little bit, I think. When, as you're saying, you need to spend more time with it to actually be able to fully understand what, where those, which of those 10 different, or however many different things is the difference. Yeah, that's right. And look, I, I think, you know, there's a time and a place, and I do tend to do some A-B sort of blind testing between decks because I think it's important to mm -hmm. uh, for readers but I don't find it's always that useful because you're comparing a particular part of a particular song at that point in time yeah. um, I think what what I'm looking to sort of I guess give, give advice on is what is this what is the end-to-end -end product experience like if mm -hmm. you are to buy this say over something else and what can you expect in the long term versus other things yes there are technicalities that need to be discussed but for me um you know, it, it sort of, it comes down to how is it going to help you have a relationship with music and what's it going to, what's it like to live with for the most part? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, so that, I mean, it's a good segue to the, uh, some questions that I have for you about like you know, mm. the technical stuff. Where do you, uh, what's your take on, you know, measurements, frequency response and, uh, for, at least for headphones, but then also mm -hmm. potentially some of the uh, some of the testing people are doing with source equipment. Like, yeah. where do you kind of see that stuff? I think it's incredibly useful. Mm -hmm. um, it's it's not something I don't I don't have the equipment here. I don't really have the time, and like other things being equal, I probably wouldn't do it myself. Mm -hmm. There are, I guess, sort of you know, there's some great resources out there online for for tests, and like people can certainly dig into that. Um, I don't think that they're always a useful indicator of the things that I just mentioned, total product mm -hmm. experience and like what's the emotional connection that it gives you to music. Um, I think I, just to, to go back to the car analogy I had earlier, you might not, I might not be able to tell you what the cornering ability of this car is like in terms of G-forces or mm -hmm. I don't have a, I don't have a dyno uh, to be able to tell you what the horsepower is, but I can certainly tell you what it's what the acceleration abilities are like in with what it, in, what it know, feels compared, like to drive it compared, <laughs> compared to everything else that I have. Yeah, and I think that's going to be far more useful for, I guess, sort of certainly my readers than um, than you know if I was to do some like ham-fisted attempt at you know trying to piece together the you know ears or whatever or whatever. Mm -hmm. But to answer your question, I think they're incredibly useful. Um, I think that, you know, if you were to look at something as a quick reference, as part of that context that you're trying to build to steer you towards a decision, um, you know, looking at a frequency response chart can help steer you in the right direction. Right. Yeah, I mean, that's, uh, I think there's definitely a, uh, there's a group of people who uh, might think that, you know, looking at a frequency response graph is all you need to know in order to be able to mm. make an assessment or a judgment mm. about the way that a headphone's going to sound. But I think in reality, you have to, it, it, there is no substitute for actually listening to it. Like you have to actually <laughs> try it out. No, there's not. And look, while they might sort of give you a relative indicator of what parts of the frequency response are, you know, elevated or sort of dipped or what have you, 
um, they won't give you the, you know, they, they can't tell you, like, the ability of the transducer to, I guess, sort of, you know, oh, yeah. you know, resolve, <laughs> move, do things quickly, you know, give you yeah. sort of that realistic sense of decay, like, sound good, make instruments sound like instruments. Or um, bad, if it's bad, right? <laughs> or bad. Like, sometimes you yeah. just listen to something and you're just like, you know what, like, yeah, it's doing some things technically really well, but it just doesn't sound like music to me. Actually, on that subject, how do you mm. handle um, when something when you don't like something? How do I handle... Okay. Um, I think it's important to talk things in terms of its relative merits. Right. Um, also, it's, it's like looking at it like a job. Um, you know, what's... For, it, there's always something out there for someone mm -hmm. in terms of that price point or like a particular taste or you know an application for something you need to assess something on its merits or if it's just or sometimes there aren't any merits in particular fields so um, I just have to be honest in terms of what is something is able to perform like in context to everything else mm -hmm. um, Sometimes I don't like things. Sometimes I need to talk about why you might not like that either. Mm -hmm. Is it, do you also, I mean, find that there's a sense of um, almost like responsibility <laughs> if something is uh, I, either in terms of like, if, if you say something sounds a certain mm -hmm. way, then yeah. you have to feel like it needs to actually be like that and everybody needs to hear it that way. Uh, but then also on the flip side, if if something is just not sounding good, there's mm. there are things that you can't gloss over because it, it needs to factor into a recommendation, whether or not it's going to be a recommendation. There, there are. And look, sometimes, like, there's been a couple of examples in the last 12 months that I'm like, that is just entirely sibilant and unlistenable. Mm -hmm. Not just for me. If I can hear it, you could, you should hear that too. And that's just not great. That's not a great experience. Yeah. And you need to know about that. Um, additionally, if something's not comfortable, you need to right. know about that. Um, like for me, um, the, these audio technicas here that I, I published a review on last week. Anytime I I would move or swivel in my chair, and they, we're talking like three thousand Australian dollars or whatever, the cable just like makes noise so much noise like it would brush up and down and also like if you tapped it like it oh, would yeah. re resonate in these wooden cups <laughs> and there's nothing like that to take you out of the experience like immediately and people need to know about that like yeah. if you're going to spend a lot of money on it and you know certain brands have like massive fanboys out there and if you publish something that sort of you know disappoints them or sort of you know um like you know like a lot of people get sort of you know purchase um, you know, post-purchase yeah. something or, or other. They want their the money that they spent to be yeah. spent well. <laughs> yeah, and you know, so people often take exception to your, I guess, sort of take on something. Like, you know, they might not sort of believe it or sort of hear it that way. But, you know, when you're talking subjectivities, that's bound to pop up. The other thing too is that not everybody. We were talking about this in the in the previous one that we did, but not everybody's had the breadth of experience that with all the various different pieces of equipment that mm. the reviewers have. So not everybody has the opportunity to compare it directly with the something else that falls in the same price or something like yeah. that. Yeah, yeah, that's right. So, um, but I think just to go back to that point about comparison, I genuinely don't like comparing things from memory um, mm, because yeah. you're you're not listening to something you're remembering the last time you remembered what that sounded like 
So exactly. while you'll have kind of like an idea or kind of like a, a sense of what something was like and you can kind of compare to that experience, um, like if someone were to say, what is like, what was this like compared to that? I'm like, sorry, I can't tell you because I don't have them side by side to be able to tell, yeah. tell you that. Yeah. yeah. I think you could probably do like a general, this one's probably a bit brighter or, you know, this one's more, you can give the general descriptions of how you remembered that with a caveat yeah. that, that you don't have them side by side. So you can't yeah, actually totally, say. Totally. <laughs> um, I, I, I like, you know, looking at this audio technica close back, I don't have the ATH ADX 5000 with me, but one this, thing this I right, did mention was that, right um, <laughs> uh, oh, you can't I, see it. Yeah. <laughs> I, that was my jam. I really, really, really enjoyed it. Um, yeah. So while I could listen to them side by side, I was able to say with confidence that I didn't have the same kind of emotional co connection or um, right. I guess kind of sense of, you know, I wasn't as impressed right. versus the uh, ADX 5000, which I really need to get into, onto my wall now that I think yeah. about it. Uh, I, it's a headphone I that I, I, I love it. Um, it it's mm. something like... In, in a lot of, like, let's say, flavor of the month audiophile conversations, the ADX 5000 doesn't come up, I think, as much as it probably should. No, uh, no. You know? <laughs> it, yeah, look, it's look, it's not it's not cheap. Let's get that out of the way. Like, yeah. Right up. Um, yeah. It's not as wide, soundstage-wise, as the HD800S, which is its natural kind of open-back dynamic competitor. Yeah. Um, I kind of dug its balance a little more than the Sennheiser. Oh yeah, um, it's far more. <laughs> yeah, less less six K peak. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. I but the thing that just impressed me was the air. Like it just sort yeah. of just balanced that treble so well. Like it never yeah. got grating. It was never kind of too hot. Never kind of sibilant. It was just. Uh, yeah, it's just, it's just on. it's got the cloud filter going on. <laughs> yeah, definitely, definitely. Yeah, yeah. No, I, um, I I love it. Yeah. Um, what are you listening to at the moment? What's uh, what's what's coming up on the on the review pipeline? For for headphones? Um, yeah. Oh boy. Um, so actually, uh, ZMF. Uh, so Zach from ZMF mm -hmm. recently sent me another uh, set of pads. Uh, well, two actually two different sets of pads for the Verite, and so yep. that puts my pad collection to most of them. <laughs> Maybe not. Okay, all, a lot of them. Yeah, uh, and yeah. so what I what I like to do is kind of give a comparison on the Verite for you know different how the different pads affect the sound because they do make quite a bit mm. of difference. Um, yep. The ones I got on here right now are the um, the BE2 Suede, which mm -hmm. the BE2 is like kind of like the it, for a while it was the special pad, but then I think he has put it on the website now. Uh, and and these are the Suede ones, so they're the same thickness, but um, they're a, a little bit smoother in the treble. Um, but yeah, yeah, so I might do a video on on that. Um, because mm -hmm. also like I can do some comparisons for measurements so people can kind of see that as well, even though my rig is not <laughs> accurate at all. Yeah. Uh, the other thing that I'm really getting into these days is tube amplifiers, mm. uh, especially with the Verite. Like it's, uh, I, 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 I don't know if this is true necessarily, but I, in my experience for high impedance dynamic driver headphones, like mm -hmm. the ADX 5000 and the ZMF yep. headphones and HD 800 and HD 100S, they do so well with tube amplifiers. Um, yeah. A lot of them do really well with tube amplifiers, and more so, I find, than, than planar magnetics. Um, but that's, of course, like, I'm sure there's some synergy with some planars that do work really well, and I've heard many examples of really good systems that work well together with planars. Um, but 
just just my experience lately has been more along the lines of you know dynamic driver headphones and uh and tube amplifiers and yeah i want to kind of go down the rabbit hole a little bit more on on that stuff uh at the moment though i'm uh, just working on a quick uh comparison for portable sources portable yeah. audio um just uh it's i find it a little bit ironic because we're not really going anywhere these days <laughs> but uh you know in the future when things open up again and uh everybody's you know running around that's um, an maybe there'll be a rush for portable an inter- stuff. it's an inter- interesting point like i think so many people have just like you know been able to focus on what's their desktop situation yeah, like yeah, at the moment yeah. um yeah like even like the the notion of the laptop right now is kind of like not 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 that relevant um yeah I actually do... i just got a one of those like surface things and i find it so much yeah. more useful than an actual laptop for mm. especially for you, know, you put rune on it and it's it's great <laughs> yeah um i do i do find like a daps though um like this, this is the uh astell and kern sa 700 just great to yeah. use the sources so like just like chuck it into line out plug it into sort of the amp that's here at the desk and just kind of just you know yeah hit, hit the wheel hit the wheel on it i think they can, they're really handy sources to have um it's funny because like i think most people when they're buying a dap or even yeah like uh, like a i was at one of them was that i was comparing was the sr15 uh yeah but when people are buying that stuff i think a lot of the idea behind it is to use it as a dap but i imagine mm. like just to use it portably but i imagine in the future that's all we'll need because headphones are getting more and more easy to drive these days. There's yep. some headphones still that are coming out that are pretty power hungry, like the head audio headphone. Uh, you know, some of the crazy high end stuff is still fairly power hungry, but most headphones yeah. these days, even the high end stuff, you don't need much more than you know a, a little DAP, you know, iBasso DX220, something like that. And, Certainly not. And I think a lot of people are kind of missing that use case of just using it with their computer yep. as well. Um, so yeah, it's interesting. Yeah. The uh, the Stelly is up here. Um, I may um, have um, taken them out of the house a couple of times. Yeah, with it with, <laughs> with the DAP, and that was like a real treat yourself moment. Um, yeah, yeah. The supplied cables though, they're not. Oh no, they're not portable. <laughs> uh, a nice yeah. little kind of find was realizing that the Metse cables work with the um, with the Stelly. Three point five millimeter, right? Mm, yeah. Mm. So I've got one of the um, 2.5 balanced connectors for the oh, cables from Metse Audio. Oh, I see. A, okay. Yeah, which is just like absolute gem to use with the Stelio. Yeah. And a DAP, yeah. and a balanced DAP. That's if, there's one thing Meze has nailed. It's the look and feel of things. Oh, <laughs> so like much. Just like, like, like like nothing else. And look, yeah. and the, if that makes you feel better about. You know yeah. the way that you interact with the product and like with music. I mean, power to you, power to them. I mean, yeah. that's great. That's why I don't think that the Empyrean is a bad choice. I think it's actually a great choice because it is one of the few headphones that nails build and comfort to to yeah. the degree that it does. Right? Like, yes, yeah. it's expensive, but yeah, man, is if if it isn't ever comfortable. So <laughs> yeah, yeah, and um. it's yeah. I would never put that away in a box either. I would always just leave that <laughs> sitting out there and just being yeah. like. Yeah, I'm getting some. I'm getting some ROI just looking at these right now. <laughs> Actually, I had a question for you about that. Yeah. When I mean, right now, maybe not not so much because you know everybody's kind of isolated at home. But mm-hmm. like, you know, if you have people come over and they see your 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 wall and your audio setup, mm-hmm. what's mm-hmm. what kind of reactions do you get? Just like you can, ha- 
people have more than one pair of headphones <laughs> for the most part i'm like yeah. yeah yeah yes it is possible but I mean, it's yeah. it's i guess for the ones who don't necessarily know that you're yeah. into this uh, as much mm. as you are like uh, for me i often get that sort of like almost incredulous look where it's like mm. wait you do this what we, th this is a thing yeah yeah, yeah. So. It's, it's peculiar but like you know everyone's into something right yeah and yeah. i think i think i i thought about this while i was writing my review for the stellia mm -hmm. um people will drop you know two three four five k on a watch right and yeah that's yeah. a pretty that's a pretty standard thing to do to buy a, an expensive watch and you know I would say that more people are passionate about music than they are about telling the time. So, Absolutely, yeah. <laughs> like, and pe like more people me, are passionate I, I, about music than headphones. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Yeah. And so, like, people just don't really think much further than sort of their big box kind of, you know, AV retailer when it comes to headphones. And they sort of, you know, mm -hmm. have latent awareness of, like, you know, Beats or Sennheiser or Bose, and I think that's kind of the ceiling for it. And that's where the music experience is kind of capped at. <laughs> and yeah. so people are like, oh, so you review headphones. So, like, Bose, am I right? Right, yeah. Like, mm, yeah, not really. They've got their time and place, but um, <laughs> you can you can do better. You can do better. So so what's then the solution to getting more people? Is it is it putting more of these boutique kind of things into the, the limelight or front and center in from a marketing standpoint uh or is it you know more uh online awareness just kind of spreading the word more or what do you think uh, needs to happen to change some of that perspective little bits of everything mate um mm -hmm. so look you know marketing is all about nudges like mm -hmm. you know what are the things that are going to kind of nudge you towards a decision like some of those are i guess you know reviewers endorsement um you know having seen some ads about it knowing about what the product story behind that brand is or like you know just seeing you know content about it so it's a combination of lots of things but i think for the longest time high-end manufacturers have spoken to audiophiles only because they yes. like that's kind of like you know that's our you know our bread and butter that's the kind of the market that we need to court we need to, to make you want to choose a an Odyssey over a hyphen or something like that. Mm -hmm. Whereas, you know, you look at like what Drop is doing, say, for example, and they're sort of, you know, I, I would sort of argue that the HD6XX of mm -hmm. the, the last sort of few years has probably done sort of more for audiophilia and sort of, I guess, sort of, you know, helping spread that and kind of, you know, any other product. So that was like a, like a, a yeah. big bet from Sennheiser and then Mass Drop at the time, which is probably sort of, you know, pay dividends and help probably get a lot more people into this hobby than anything else. Because that's the stepping stone as well. I mean, we were talking about that earlier with Grado, but for a lot of people yeah. these days, I think it is the HD6XX. And then once they're there, it's like, what else is what there? Else? And what is the next kind of thing? Yeah. And look, I think anyone, if anyone's got an HD6XX and they're like saying, what else? I'm like, just chill out enjoy them they're an incredibly good <laughs> pair of headphones and never look will, at the internet again <laughs> honestly like I, I joke about it so often you know just take yeah. the blue pill take the blue pill get out get out <laughs> but um, of all the things you could do there are there are worse hobbies you could have than something that helps you just enjoy your music incredibly well discover new music yeah uh, I mean compared to speakers and look I'm into speakers as well you there's such better value than speaking oh yeah like yeah you didn't just spend yeah. any money in the room 
yeah, or less well, money in the room I, at least. I, 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 I started doing that. I've got a couple of you know absorbent panels here, and you can't see kind of the rest of it here. But yeah. you know, it's 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 hard to to get the room working as well as a as a as a pair of headphones. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm hopeful that the so I'm of two minds about this because on the one hand it mm. seems like headphones, high-end headphones, the price is going in the wrong direction for mm. like the crazy high-end stuff. But then the positives yeah. that come from this is that a lot of the really nice, like well-performing headphones are coming in at lower price points as well. So you do see yeah. stuff like the HD Six XX coming in, and then even yeah. like in the like what used to be kind of like uh, top-tier kind of flagship quality has now come into more modest price, like. For example, something like the Hi-Fi Sundara, or honestly, even mm. the Ananda here. Um, yeah. Like, there's a lot of that stuff where I think maybe traditionally it would have been like between one and two thousand dollars. I say traditionally, like maybe five years ago. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, and now that stuff's you know that kind of performance, that kind of detail, that kind of you know tonality, all that stuff is coming in at much lower price tags. That it is becoming a little bit more accessible, and so I would love to see you know while while on the high end things are going in a scary direction mm, for pricing mm. i would love to see more pickup for these kinds of uh let's say sub one thousand dollar headphones i'd yeah, love to see fun. that being more like i guess celebrated um or not just celebrated but like highlighted i guess uh, by them by the rest of the market oh, so that sundaras are an incredible package i think pound for pound they're one of the best choices you could actually make yeah. And yeah. when you look at, I guess, sort of the what THX technology has done to amplification, like, you know, you arguably, can get a whole setup, yeah, for very little these days. Arguably, the problem of headphone amplification has largely been solved, yeah. Um, I guess, and the rest just comes down to what kind of flavor do you want, what kind of build do you want, what kind of inputs and outputs are important. But mm -hmm. any of those THX amps and you know something like a Sendari or a, you know one of the Sennheiser 6xx series and you can you can pretty much tap out yeah yeah we were talking about this earlier with, with the wireless stuff but I mean mm. do you think that um it is the idea of features whether it's wireless or ANC or whatever mm. uh obscuring too much the other benefits that exist with he with headphones of any regardless of the price to the point where when people are potentially buying headphones now, um, they look first at the features and second at whether or not it's going to have good sound quality. Yeah, well, I guess sort of when people know that you're a headphone reviewer, they're going, what's a good pair of noise-canceling headphones? Exactly, like, yeah. Mm, do, you want <laughs> to, do, you want to, do you want to cancel noise or do you want to listen to music? Because I think yeah. they're two, two very separate questions. So let's, yeah. you know, let, let's start there and then work backwards. Um, yeah. But to answer your question... Yes, I think, you know, I guess kind of the feature and spec wars at a consumer big box level is probably taking up most of the, the bandwidth of, I guess, like mass market conversation. And yeah, and so, but, I mean, that's conversation is the right term here, because I think it it requires a bit of a, a change in conversation around what the point of high end of nice headphones is. Um, well, I think it, it might require like to the point of, you know, large scale kind of like attitude shifts <laughs> so that, you know, it, we're no longer looking for the features and we're instead looking for, you know, the, the thing that's going to make to, that's going to generate that emotional connection with the music. Like you were talking yeah. about. Yeah. Well, it, like it, it doesn't, it, it, 
it's not a difficult thing to do. Like, I think it's just going to have to take sort of, you know, a manufacturer to, you know, go about doing that in the right way. I mean, mm-hmm. vinyl, like, look at vinyl sales. Like, they've, they've gone up. Yeah, that's a good seat. point. More people buy records and CDs these days. Yeah. Um, you know, people are looking to, you know, do things in a, in a more sort of, you know, deliberate, considered way in, than what they've kind of, you know, used to be used to be doing and i guess mm-hmm. sort of you know as we've all had to sort of withdraw kind of you know inwards and sort of stay home these these last couple of months um you know we're seeing like people like you know making sourdough bread and like doing all this kind of stuff that was you know probably not you know on their consideration set a long time ago and mm-hmm. i think probably a lot more people are sort of you know certainly into music discovery at the moment so you know there's you know an easier way to sort of you know dig deeper into kind of music enjoyment and you can just you know whack a good pair of cans on your head and um you'll you'll be you'll be amazed at the difference yeah um we're, we're just over an hour and before we get in, in before we get into some q a here with uh with the chat mm. i want to ask you uh just a couple questions about some of the reviews that, that you've written and i I want yeah. to get your take on what your like if you had to pick like favorite review to write mm-hmm. right or favorite yeah. headphone not just to write but like to 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 be able to do a review about in the last yeah. like six months what would that what would that have been I I I, I recall really enjoying writing about the Stelio it was yeah. it's just such a ridiculous like headphone I'm like all right so I've got to sit down and sort of really make people think whether they want to sort of depart with it's like 4,000 plus Australian dollars and it's just such an ostentatious product. Like everything (laughs) about it from like the, 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 the leather that sort of sits on the outside of the cups to the, you know, absolutely everything about it. And the sound is just like, you know, it just puts this stupid smile on your head. That was a really easy (laughs) review to write and a really enjoyable product to review just because everything about it is just dialed up to 11. Um, easy, so, easy to get excited about. <laughs> yeah, that was a really easy review to write. I remember it yeah. just kind of wrote itself. Yeah, um, yeah. So I think the Stelia probably kind of kind of stood out in that regard. Um, I think the 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 ADX five thousand we're talking about earlier mm-hmm. was a pretty easy one to write, just because it was just the product experience was just like so well so cohesive and well packaged that you kind of get a sense about what it's and you start to write about the sort of experience um mm-hmm. some are harder some, some yeah well, that was gonna up. be my next question what's the challenge yeah. <laughs> um you know probably probably ones that like it's a crowded marketplace out there like like mm-hmm. to be honest and like especially like you know some some smaller IEM brands that that sort of pop up and like hey we thought you guys might be interested in this so you know tell us what you think and like cool well look yeah you know relative to everything else at this price you know you've got a lot of options so <laughs> I've got to sort of you know you know review this on its on its relative merits mm-hmm. um, and then sometimes you just need to be very honest because you know like you know you haven't necessarily heard enough in a particular field before. I I got the the opportunity to review a pair of CIEMs earlier this mm. year from a Polish manufacturer called Crafties. And, you know, necessarily they're a difficult thing yeah. to get into because of, I guess, sort of, you know, the need to get molds made, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So I don't have a bank of experience when it comes to reviewing CIEMs relative to one another. So... 
I had to make sure I was coming at it from the angle of what's it like to experience having CIEM sort of made from the ground up and what are they like sort of relative to everything else? What can you come to expect? So I think, you know, you, you know, have a particular sort of level of experience across the board or sort of within sort of different areas. So um, I guess sort of, you know, framing everything correctly is, is important as well. Yeah, definitely. Um, so with that, I mean, I'd, I'd want to yeah. turn it over to some of the questions from the chat. Uh, I don't know if you had a chance to read some of it yet, but uh, is uh, oh, first of all, anybody who's watching, yeah, if you guys want to dump your questions in right now, in case I saw some people asking questions earlier, and we probably just haven't, we've missed them. So if you uh, want to oh, reiterate, I get, I, I, I get carried away. In, in <laughs> no, I do too. Awesome cat. So let me let me introduce uh, yeah. let, me, let me introduce the cat. He's very tired right now. His name's Potato. He's, oh, I love um, that you can just pick up the whole. <laughs> he's um, a very chilled out dude. He just kind of likes to sit here all day while I listen to music, and um, he's very well behaved. He's a really friendly dude, and um, I think I can easily say that a cat is the best upgrade you can get for your system. Um, if you're sitting down and you want to just listen to music and enjoy it, having a cat nearby is really rad. Yeah, isn't it? Isn't it, Tatey? So, um, so that's pot- oh, I- that's, pot- that's potato. I now need to get a cat for my for my system here. <laughs> I'll tell you what. I um so um potato was a rescue cat so was his brother wheezy um and rescue catteries they're all empty there's no cats left at the moment because everyone's adopting them which is awesome <laughs> yeah that's right interesting. now um but yeah I, I have nothing but good things to say about cats <laughs> um yeah he's, awesome. a, he's, right. he's a good he's a good dude let's uh let's go through some of these uh these questions here uh, I don't see any recent ones, but um, um, oh, I, gonna... here's one. What did you think of the yep. head audio headphone? I know that there was a review published, but did you get a chance to actually listen to that one? I haven't actually listened to that. So leaving from um, from Headphonia, yeah, he he got to review that. Uh, it's one of those products that's you know more different than anything else out there at the moment. And I think just because it looks so different, I really just kind of want to try it relative to everything else. Mm-hmm. Um, it just looks so big and bulky and different and everyone just talks about how it's sort of just sort of neutral and transparent and ah, it is mm-hmm. um have you spent some time with it yeah i actually did get a chance to review it and i'm mm. probably responsible for why some people think that it's the giant killer and is the uh mm. <laughs> it's the uh you know the, the the hype train and whatnot but yeah i i really do think i mean uh, assuming that it's driven properly because it requires so much power. <laughs> uh, yeah. I really do think it is a new benchmark there at what I think it's like $1,800 US. Mm-hmm. A- and in my mind, like when I heard it, uh, I I got a chance to spend, yeah, actually quite a bit of time with it. Um, it to me, it was, uh, it, it was enough, it was good enough where I thought now things need to change for pricing the way that manufacturers are are pricing uh, their equipment because it feels like uh everybody is when they release a product um it it feels like because it's their baby they want to release it at a higher price because they think it's worth more without necessarily taking all the competition into consideration and the headphone is one where it looks it it basically looks at everything else that's around that 1800 dollars price mark or 1900 dollars or whatever it is and just flat out beats it 
for yeah. for not for you know necessarily everything but for mm. certain things like detail and the, yeah. especially in the treble it's it's remarkably good um so i i right. really really liked it yeah you've got okay consider me intrigued that sounds like my like that's right up my strata yeah it sounds like a to me at least the short version that i think is uh, uh, it sounds kind of like a focal utopia uh if a focal utopia and like a uh in like lcd4 form <laughs> uh you know like yeah, yeah, so it yeah. has it's a heavier kind of thing uh yeah, and, yeah. i'm just looking, looking at when you say anyone says lcd4 i'm like all right i just automatically just want to start stretching my neck <laughs> yeah it's, um, those are i think 500 grams should be the the stop and that thing is yeah, like 700 grams so it's definitely, definitely too heavy but you know <laughs> so brian has just um mentioned that he can see an asgard 3 and brian would be correct um so i've got the asgard 3 multi-bit uh, came in last week um, from the guys at Shit. Um, I yeah, I need to spend probably about two or three weeks just solely listening to that on my desktop. But you know, as I do with anything, you take it out of the box, you plug it in, you um, check that it works, and work it does. It is really stupid powerful, um, super impressive so far. Um, look. So uh, remind me, what is the the Asgard three? Is it is it tube or solid state it's solid state so that's solid that guy state. over okay. there so i'm thinking of the leer that's the tube the leer three is the that's right it's got a yeah. six fn seven poking at the top from memory so this yeah. is so the asgard one and two were all class a amps right. i owned an, an asgard two for a while i could keep my coffee warm just by sitting on top of it right. um so this is now class ab it's uh, all class a up to 500 milliwatts which is basically more most yeah power that most headphones will ever use does get stupid hot um not like burn your hand hot but you'll know it's on and um really impressive um i mean it feels like a big chunky piece of audio equipment so <laughs> it's actually it's, it's exactly double the price of um of, of the magni which um you know is a you know, extremely competent 99 dollar package but you're getting a yeah. lot of metal and you're getting a lot of power for double for w when you double your outlay um right. So and it is. It is like t quite a bit more powerful than the Magni. Oh, it's a, it's around five watts into into thirty two or maybe sixteen ohms. Yeah, but yeah, yeah, yeah. It is certainly like a lot of watts. Um, and is this balanced or single ended or single ended only? Okay, okay. Um, so single ended in, um, single ended pre out as well. So I've given it a whirl um, just to to power my my desktop amp. I've got a little baby person bang um to power my kefs on my on my desk which is a my 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 latest little treat yourself covid package and <laughs> uh, this this guy has the uh, the multi-bit uh dat card in it as well which right. um usb only but um it's can i it's really really impressive so far like it's more power than you'll probably ever need it's uh, it's well packaged and look i think one thing reviewers don't talk about enough is knob feel and um <laughs> i uh I what always, a great term <laughs> I, I, there's there's actually there's actually a good youtube channel i don't, they've been inactive for a while but it's called knob feel and um they talk <laughs> about the uh the nuances and tactility of uh of uh, of knobs on the electronic gear but Honestly, if you're going to be sitting all day and it's going to be powering your headphones or your, or, or changing the the volume on your on your on your power amp or your power monitors or whatever, having a nice tactile, I guess, sort of, yeah, you know, 
window into into your gear is important. And you, um, it, it's for a great feel, do you do you prefer stepped? I, I I can't believe I'm asking this question, but do you prefer stepped or do you prefer smooth? <laughs> Do I like a step knob? Andrew? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's what you asked me. I yeah. do actually. The um, hands down the best volume input I've ever had was on the uh, the Ari's headphone amplifier, hmm. um, which I reviewed I think late last year. Which is um, a uh, really boutique manu- U.S. manufacturer and it uh, had re- it was a- it had relays in it, so you could hear the clicking. <laughs> but absolute um, balance, like all the way down to the absolute lowest level. I think plugging in a pair of campfire andrometers and sort of going at zero, there was no hiss. And that's when some, you know, you can run into trouble with a powerful amp is that you have that channel imbalance at sort of super low levels. Um, And it wasn't like a really annoying click on the relays. It was a nice little subtle just to let you know it was, it was there and, and, it, and it was working so for the most part i like stepped um my quest dial has a has a regular potentiometer yeah. um which is also motorized which is which is nice so i've got the remote for it here so i can make it oh, yeah. make yeah. it go up make it go down <laughs> nice um just see a few more questions here um i have okay so uh, Jeep Adventures uh, asks uh, any thoughts on the Rad Zero. Have you had a chance to hear the Rossin Audio Rad Zero? I haven't. They look Larry. Um, I uh, my understanding is that the Rad Zero is one of the Odyssey founders, and it's a yeah, pretty Rossin, similar yeah. looking, mm, pretty um, similar looking configuration. Yeah. So my take on it now, because I've actually had a chance to evaluate two of them. Um, and it's mm. the same headphone, uh, but it's cust- you get to customize the colors and stuff. So my first take on it is yeah. that they're they're colorful. <laughs> uh, the second is mm. they are they're heavy. Um, they yeah. uh, there is a little bit of clamp force, but that's been improved. So the mm. first run that they did, they they were a little bit clampy and they were a bit heavy. Then they the second run that they they did, um, they're quite a bit lighter and there's not they're not as they're not as clampy, right? So it's actually I think lighter than some of the Odyssey equivalents. Um, mm. So that helps. Uh, but I also did find that there was a little bit of unit variation there as far as the sound mm-hmm. quality went. The first unit that I re- got a chance to hear was fantastic. The yeah. second unit that I heard, I, I felt was not as was not as good. So mm. I don't know if that's been fixed. I don't know where, uh, where they're at right now as far as consistency for that. But I think that's something also that, especially for more boutique planar magnetic headphone manufacturers that's something that just is a thing like you have to contend with even odyssey f- deals with you know um uh sometimes uh, unit variation uh i know uh, certainly yeah. for the lcd4 right for the higher end ones that they don't make a ton of uh you know, unit variation is, is, a, is an issue so what's your what's your take on the um on the uh let's call it the the rainbow squiggly kind of I guess kind of color scheme they got going on. What do you think with with the Rad Zero? Yeah. Um. So the story. There's a story. I don't know how true this is, but apparently mm. Brie Larson has one because she liked yep. the way that the colors looked. <laughs> uh, <laughs> well, yeah. You know what? If that gets people into high end audio, great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. For for me, I I prefer the look of something like the the Zima Ferrite. I like kind of the yep. more kind of subtle muted kind of. Um, my my go-to aesthetic is like sleek yet understated. That's 
that's what I hope for in everything. Yeah. The Focal headphones, I think they all look fantastic. Mm. Um, so for me, um, it's a little bit too flashy um, for yeah. uh, for some of the designs. But with that said, there are other designs that they've done because you can customize them a little bit mm. that are a little bit more to my taste. So there's there's one particular that I that I, uh, I it was the second one actually that I uh, reviewed and it looks amazing because it's the more this kind of like more earth tones and that kind of stuff in it and yeah, so yeah. the aesthetic is way nicer for that one um mm-hmm. then it's funny the the one that i actually did get a chance to like did a full review on was one of the earlier ones and it happened to be the graffiti one which was super yeah, yeah. you know <laughs> colorful and everything so i like yeah. i like more the, the the more understated look um, yeah i think i think i have a type and i think that type is wood yeah, um, yeah. from from a, from a from a quick glance over there i think i just kind of yep. like stuff that's <laughs> made made by humans with hands yeah fair enough um got another question here uh, do you guys think that bluetooth will ever develop to the point that it will rival wired connections for sound quality well we were talking about that earlier but yeah i'll yeah. let you uh, take that yeah um well look we're almost there i think it's you know we're so close um like if it's just about the ability to you know transmit let's just say 44.1 red book as the you know as the standard like we're it's so close like so yes like i think it's going to be you know fewer than a couple of years and we'll be you know at absolute lossless territory so i would be i think it would be naive of me to say that no it wouldn't i i tend to think that yeah that's that's true as well but the one consideration that uh, will need to be taken into account is is the um, putting that equipment into the headphone uh, how that gets yeah. handled is going to be the big question and it's interesting mm. seeing now like hi-fi man's deva headphone with the little kind of clip on yeah yeah piece to the side that seems to be their solution whereas you know with the mobius it's it's a more internal kind of thing so you know mm. that that will still need to be figured out by whatever manufacturer is doing it. But the actual transmission itself for Bluetooth, I think is already basically there. Um, I I think maybe this is going to be a larger challenge with once we start talking about some of the crazy flagships, you know, could you get a, you know, a wireless Bluetooth Sisvara or something like that, or Mm. Utopia? I I don't know, but uh, I I think eventually it, it's not the limitation isn't going to be in the bluetooth yep. signal it's going to be in the implementation yeah totally and look i uh, generally i would always say that the most important piece of music of audio equipment is the one that you use all the time and each day yeah. and for me when i am you know commuting i fly a lot for work um the ear studio es100 i use it all the time oh, yeah <laughs> all the time and the um, little app is great for that as well you can eq to your heart's desire you know what i generally hardware manufacturers suck at software like sennheiser cord they make terrible apps um (laughs) this es100 app is the goods it's so So full features it's so small i lost it i lost one somewhere in my apartment and like it's literally (laughs) here somewhere i i bought another one it's that good um so yeah, I generally use that every day. That's Bluetooth. I rely on it, and um, it's perfect for travel. So yeah, yeah. Look, it's it's good enough to use every day. Yeah, definitely. Um, okay, got some more here. Um, best top of the line headphones for metal music. I'm considering Verite Closed Stelio. Well, 
it's funny because Verite closed and Stelia are probably the best closed back headphones in general. Yeah. And I don't think that either of them is all that bad. I think both of them would be pretty darn good for metal. I don't know. What do you mm. What do you think? For metal, I haven't had the privilege of listening to the Verite closed. Um, so they're, they're both beryllium drivers. Um, well, Verite is like beryllium coated. It's okay. I think the yeah the Stelia is like pure solid brilliant i think mm. that's the difference um i've listened to a lot of metal on these cellulars and i can tell you that it's pretty pretty awesome yeah um i, th- I actually was listening to uh, to a bit of opeth on them a couple of days hey, ago hey that's my that's my favorite band that's your jam <laughs> hey <Yeah>, absolutely <laughs> oh like so many of my test tracks are opeth like yeah, um, yeah. Ha- harvest is just like do strings sound like real strings all of all of um of damnation damnation well yeah Yeah. but all of the damnation record is is well recorded as well okay probably not well recorded but it's well mastered at least yeah yeah, yeah. (laughs) uh the newer stuff the recording's not that great yeah so yeah (laughs) i i I like a bit of opeth and that was a that was was a good time on the stellia so look i could definitely recommend them and um they do a lot more than metal just well so yeah um, they do they're, they're very versatile they're extremely versatile. I think it just yeah. comes down to the value equation for you at the end of the day. Yeah. And are you okay like with the way that they look and the way that they make you feel? Um, I, I, I certainly felt conspicuous when I took them into the office once or twice. <laughs> yeah. See, I've, I've I felt that way when I took the Ananda Bluetooth. So yeah. like wireless version of the Ananda, which I don't know if you can see it back here, but yeah, uh, and I walked around with it out in public, and I was like, I just because I wanted to see what kind of reactions I get, and and it's yeah. it's you feel really dumb. <laughs> okay, the, so. the, okay, the stupidest looking headphones. I'm actually gonna go and put them on. The Grado Whites. All right, like, sure. They they look so dumb. I won't be able to hear you for it. Yeah, yeah, that's okay. But... Uh, I do want to let you guys know that uh, my preference for metal music is also planar magnetic. So um, that's just this is me the way I like it. Oh, that's great. Wait, so is that closed back? Or how? No, they're open. No, they're, okay. They're open back. So <laughs> they do have a small opening there and a very subtle subtly embossed grado right. logo on the outside of the cups as well <laughs> that's cool um yeah okay so um let's see i think i saw another question but i totally glossed over it um let's see uh was is there any other headphone that you think would be ideal for metal music metal music grado is great with metal like I love listening to metal on Grados. They're just so fast and vivid mm. and you know exciting. Um, ACDC is one of my favorite bands, and I love listening to ACDC on the Grado PS five hundred E's. Yeah, I, I think the value equation on Grado pretty much kind of caps out around the RS two E level and the PS five hundred E level, and beyond that, you're basically kind of buying more wood or more right. more more metal and probably slightly more soundstage but yeah they're pretty much as as good as it gets i think when it when it comes to sort of metal excitement let's put it that way Excite- okay yeah forwardness yeah, yeah. um it's, yeah very much okay here's a question from the chat from mm. l levine uh 
Have you guys tried any DOS DAC? Uh, how would you uh, I assume it's non-oversampling. Uh, how would you describe the sound difference compared to uh, uh, OS Delta Sigma DACs? Is that your jam? Now, help help me sort of break down what's happening sort of technically there. Uh, so from my understanding here, uh, Delta Sigma uh, is going to be the uh, summed ones. Uh, and oh, yeah. Sound. Okay, yeah. so versus like a relay. Right? Yeah, like you, there's... Arto, I think, uh, yeah, exactly. Like you have... Um, yeah. What are the what's the one from uh, Shit Audio, um, Yggdrasil, and some of those other ones? Ah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I've yeah. I've heard a, I've heard a bunch of them. I've spent some time with uh with a with a Ragnarok Yggdrasil stack. Like it's not really helpful of me to sound say it sounded good, but it just sounded really fucking good. Mm -hmm. um, the Asgard at the moment that's that's got an R2R card in it. Um, you know, obviously it doesn't have the benefits of I guess kind of you know the power supply and all the other all the other goodies that sort of come with it come with a you know with a proper standalone DAC but um yeah like I haven't spent enough time to sort of really sort of dig into it and kind of the nuances I guess you know generally speaking people say they sound more organic or sort of feel more natural and yes while yeah. they certainly measure sort of more poorly just in terms of you know out yep. and out sort of fidelity and noise and, and so forth i guess what people say is that it makes it sort of feel closer to what actual kind of analog music sounds like i think that's one of the things with source measurements um mm. where you know stuff with discrete components uh, this is not not specifically with r2r versus um delta mm. sigma or even yeah like multi-bit versus delta sigma someone was saying there um but when you have stuff with discrete components in general, it's not going to measure as well as something with uh, like op amps, for example. And you see that with the Magni 3 Plus versus the Magni Heresy, where you know the Magni Heresy is using op amps. As far as I understand, Magni Heresy is the one that's using op amps, and that yeah. one measures better. Um, and I think the point of that, what one of the points of that was to just see, okay, how like let's see if we can make something that we know is going to measure really well. Yeah. Um, so. Yeah, uh, look, unless I got those two mixed up, it, it's one was specifically op amps and one was discrete components. Yeah, but in any case, look, yeah, I, I, th I thought that there was an interesting play from shit because like there's been like a real kind of like I guess not kind of like kind of I guess kind of schism in in sort of you know personal mm -hmm. high and audio, but I guess sort of like there's been a real kind of conversation around objectivism lately. Yeah, yeah, and I and you know sites like Audio Science Review, etc. Uh, I guess sort of you know measuring and posting and you know shit really came to the table and said okay um here's our take on an yeah, out and out I love kind it. of like <laughs> absolutely purest thing you guys want to bitch about it look we can do it it's not yeah. kind of our philosophy um and we've built this you know completely other one that's that's kind of our take on it but if you guys want it here we've done it and that's kind of like a reverse kind of halo effect for the rest of their of their lineup and yeah you know hats off to them for doing that yeah, I agree. I think it was the smartest move that they could have done because, mm. you know, it now puts them in the arena of, at the very top of the arena of, like, you know, JDS Adam and, like, all the other ones that score really well in those in those metrics, right? So Yeah, totally. And, look, if someone said, look, I've got 100 bucks to spend on an amp, I'm like, it's what color do you like, yeah. basically? <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. Every, everything will perform audibly transparently. Mm -hmm. We'll be able to power everything as well as you need to, depending on like, unless you've got something for like, most. you know, yeah. Sosvaras or, or something yeah. like that. 
what's important for you in terms of connections how much room do you have on your desk and that's yeah. you know it's yeah. it's a nice problem to have like when like I, I i often ask the question you know is amplification a solved problem as far as human hearing goes at the moment for the most part it might be just like yeah. what kind of flavor do you want yeah, yeah. Especially with you know, even more recently, the THX seven eighty nine I think is dropped in price. Uh, I think it's by hundred bucks. Two, and, and yeah, then it's two ninety nine now. Yeah, and they've got a they've got a new one coming in, a baby one, which is uh, single ended yeah. only. Uh, I don't think they've put a price tag on it yet. But look, it's got to have a one at the start, right? Like, you'd think so. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So yeah. let's uh, let's watch this space. Yeah, exactly. It's it's, it's interesting. Uh, I I made this statement before, but I, I tend to think like if you're gonna get a, a amplifier, like go big or go little. <laughs> like you can yep. with what you can get that's like really inexpensive right now. Um, mm -hmm. You know. Yeah, uh, I um I bought myself an end game amplifier, which is yeah, the, yeah. the Quest style CMA six hundred I that I mentioned before. Um, it obviously sounds extremely competent, like a well-implemented solid-state amplifier can do. It's got, you know, two watts a channel, 32 ohms. It's great for doing lots of things. It's got an analog input, so I can, you know, use external DACs and sort of test those. It's got mm -hmm. its own internal AK4490 with coax, USB, and optical. It's got XLR out. Um, but it's also got two 6.3 single-ended outs, which is great for um, A-B testing different headphones. So that's my end game kind of big amp because it does everything I need to. It's the heart of my desktop system. Right. I, I think that's, uh, I mean, that's the other thing that me as, like, or just us as reviewers when we're evaluating mm -hmm. source gear, there's the trying to evaluate something based on sonic merits but then yeah. it's at that second component that you thought of that you were talking about before where if it if it is the hub of your like the the centerpiece for the rest of everything else then suddenly yeah. the value there it's a lot more you know important <laughs> totally um, totally yeah uh okay last question here uh from the chat and it's an important one uh <laughs> where does the law of diminishing returns begin with headphones in your opinion but I'll let you go with that one. Diminishing returns. Okay, so just in terms of, um, it, it, well, look, obviously it's a, we're talking in highly qualitative terms, but what am I going to be able to spend that's going to let me really, really, really enjoy my music? And like, I'm going to have to say probably around the $500 mark. Like for for, for for most people, like when I when. I mean, we've covered a few of those headphones today. So including the Sundara, the mm -hmm. HD 6XX, Great. Oh, sorry, are you talking Australian dollars or US? Oh, God, the Australian dollar <laughs> is uh, doing extremely poorly at the moment. <laughs> so, look, I could, so how many of my dollary dues does that, does that, does that equate to? So Did they officially change the name to dollary dues? Oh, yeah, totally. Oh, that's amazing. Um, no. Uh, they, ought, they, ought, they, they ought to, but um, yes. I think we, we took a bit of a hit lately. Um, yeah, but look, I would say probably around, you can do very, very well for the 500 USD mark. Oh, yeah. Um, uh, and look, everything beyond that is what are you chasing? What are you looking for in terms of, you know, I guess sort of a different combination of factors or, you know, 
doing one thing particularly well or are you looking for a more luxury or sort of handcrafted experience? Yeah. But um, I think diminishing returns definitely apply really hard. There's a strong drop-off after that 500 USD mark for, uh, sorry, just to qualify that, Michael, for uh, for headphones. Mm-hmm. For, for me, it's... Uh... I, I, t- I like to think of it as kind of like different tiers where yeah. each tier has its own kind of benchmark and then past mm-hmm. the benchmark, there's significant drop off there for diminishing yeah. returns. Yeah. So like, I think you, you, you mentioned the $500 mark. I mean, the, the Sundara and the HD 6XX and all those fall mm-hmm. underneath that. And I yeah. think, you know, for those, so say you get 6XX and an amplifier and a DAC and you have your setup there, you know, th- that satisfies the under $500 bracket. I think yeah. then, you know, the next one that you got to go to is maybe like, you know, uh, let's say $1,500 Hi-Fi Man Aria or something like that, right? There's, there's, yeah. you can, there's a noticeable difference there when you go from one to the other, but, you know, in between incrementally, not nowhere near as much, right? Uh, yeah, definitely. And then, this, and then the same thing for like the crazy high-end stuff, like the Susvara and the LCD4 and Utopia mm-hmm. and all this you know incrementally they're, they're, between yeah not as much but between them like it, it it starts to be noticeable yeah there is a huge amount of difference between each of those tiers and i yeah. think if, if just to to answer the i guess sort of the question and i guess you know sort of in terms of my responsibility for sort of you know viewers and how they make decisions with their money and you know is this infant like you know incrementally is it going to enjoy, make you enjoy your music like to the degree of the price difference not so much yeah but yeah yeah you know, exactly they're definitely there if you know if you're determined to spend that much time with your headphones that i would say spend a lot more time sort of you know working your way up you know don't sort of you know be in too much of a hurry to you know monkey bar swing your way to towards you know towards end game super quickly because you know just have fun have fun yeah yeah. And the nice thing too is that a lot of this stuff retains its value. So you're not like especially if you buy, you know, products that you, you've done a lot of research on and, and and you know it's a good product that everybody else values as well, you know, you can Definitely. sell that stuff for not too much less than what you bought it for. So You can, you can. And look, I look, I kind of give myself a bit of a, a moral code of, you know, uh, take thirty percent off, generally speaking. Yeah. If yeah, you yeah. if you're if you're selling like a nine point five to ten out of ten quality piece of used gear. And that's mm-hmm. generally the asking price that you should be looking for when you're stepping into a piece of used equipment as well. Yeah, definitely. Um, anyways, on that note, we've been going here for about an hour and a half, well, about an hour and forty minutes. Okay. Oh wow! So we should we should no wonder, probably no wonder, I'm hung- <laughs> no wonder I'm hungry. Yeah. yeah, yeah. We should probably end it there. Uh, listen, Maddie, it's been a pleasure talking to you, and uh, thanks so much for doing pleasure. this. My yeah. No worries at all, and um, yeah, nice just to hang out and jam and talk about cans and COVID yeah. and, and, and all sorts of fun <laughs> stuff. And, um, yeah, yeah. Definitely. Come back definitely. anytime. Let me know. Yeah, we'll do. And uh, for everyone watching, thanks for tuning in. We'll have this episode up as a podcast as well. So definitely, if you guys wanna, if you guys wanna, you know, listen to this while doing the dishes on your wireless headphones, <laughs> uh, definitely uh, give the podcast a, a, a check. So uh, we'll stuff. see you guys. We'll see you guys in the next one. Thanks Thanks for watching. Thanks, mate. Bye-bye.